0: Here comes episode number six. We're going to talk all about it. Monday Night Football wasn't easy on the eyes, but it was effective. 21-7, to Jason Hamilton is here. Episode number six is on the way. A hearty thanks, of course, to the charter sponsors of Mitch Unfiltered, Jaguar Land Rover of Bellevue, Daniel's Broiler, and Zeke's Pizza. 14 locations. The boys and I downed pizza and salads the other night at the Bellevue location. Remember, Zeke's Pizza not only delivers, but delivers in a big way. Pizza and beer. Order on the Zeke's Mobile app online, Zeekspizza.com or 206-285-8646.
1: Unfiltered.
0: This Seahawks turnaround is remarkable. Remember, they can't win a preseason game. And then two games into the regular year, we're looking forward to the NFL draft in 2019. And now three months later. We're asking wild card number one or wild card number two, and who would you rather play in the first round of the playoffs? Amazing.
1: Unfiltered.
0: I don't know. It just seems to me that if Jerry Depoto and the Mariners are going to make all these trades look beyond 2019, well, then they can't expect everyone to pay the same ticket prices as they did for an 89-win team in 2018.
1: Mitch is Unfiltered.
0: Episode number six. Jason Hamilton is with us. Don't forget, we're available on all platforms, including iTunes, and we want you to subscribe. And throw us a five-star rating. Why a five-star rating? Well, because Jason Hamilton does not approve of anything less than five stars. Four and a half just won't do. Also, become a patron if you're enjoying the Mitch Unfiltered experience. We really would like you and invite you to join us via Patreon. You go to the website at MitchUnfiltered.com. Click on Become a Patron, and it's just that easy. $5 a month or more, and you'll have access to all the bonus episodes. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, direct now from Portland. I can't keep straight – are you ever going to be back in front of me? Are you nope. ever going to have a beer in front of me again?
2: Nope, nope. I, I just stay on the road. I'm over here like a like an NBA-savvy veteran. I stay I stay in Portland. I stay in Spokane. Ah. Uh, although Although Spokane does not have an NBA team, I just made that up. We're going to figure this out, Mitch. <laughs> We're going to figure it out.
0: <laughs> Am I allowed to ask? Is this top-secret information? Are you like – are you, like, auditioning to become the new morning guy on a radio station in Portland? Or at last check, there's no Huskies there. I don't no. think the Seahawks are playing in Portland. I don't think no. you're at a Sounders game, from what no. I can imagine. Nope. What, I, I, what what brings you to the Rose City these days? There's
2: a, there's a groundbreaking that's going to take place in the year 2021 for the new baseball stadium. I'm just early.
0: Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> I actually was buying that for a half. A I know. Second.
2: I know. You, you had were, me. I, I, had, you... I had you going. I had you going. No, I. You know. You know. I do business. I got other jobs. Uh, I, I do stuff. Uh, I travel.
0: I want you to know. I watched three hours of football on Monday night. I was pleased that my Seahawks, your Seahawks, our Seahawks, won twenty-one to seven. Yeah. I look. I look at myself in the mirror. And I think I got a black eye from watching that game on uh on Monday night. I got punched. That was the yep. that, that was one of the ugliest games I can remember watching where I was so satisfied by the final score twenty one seven. I'm assuming you watched it on Monday night. I'm right? gonna
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna Mitch levy you right now. Okay. Are you, you ready for this? Yeah. If if I told you Yeah in our last episode, yeah. if I said to you Russell Wilson goes ten of twenty For 72 yards and a QBR of 47 and
0: a half, (laughs) did the Seahawks win? Uh, Let's put it this way: I wouldn't predict 31-27 if you told me those stats. Yeah,
2: yeah, I, I, yeah. I think somebody, I think somebody,
0: I think you better be. You should just thank your lucky stars that only a few people heard that prediction because there's only a few people that are patrons. We won't tell the rest of the masses this morning. Uh, that that you picked what 31 was it 34 31 or 31 27 although you still you hit pay dirt you had the Seahawks yeah. the Seahawks yeah. won they won by 14 yeah. so all's well that ends well It's kind of like my yeah. my prediction in the Pac-12 championship game with Washington and Utah right
2: well your your prediction sucked and <laughs> so did mine so we're just going to go with that but i will it say this it didn't suck
0: it didn't suck you had the right team winning it's hard yes. to have the right it's hard to win in, in the NFL you know that Jason. Yeah, well, it's I was hard. going to
2: say, I mean, uh, if you had the over, um, you, you lost. And I, I was predicting the over, and, and um, not that I'm a gambling man, but I predicted the over, and it wasn't even close. But it, that thing was brutal. Two teams – hey, the tale of the tape that you presented uh, came into effect. I mean, I, I can't even – I can't even tell you how often I was thinking of you when I was watching. this, just how everybody had to grind for a yard and the, the, the offensive line for Seattle doing oh, this job. And yeah, I mean, it, it was it was tough sledding for for four quarters.
0: Yes, it was. So why in the world did you pick thirty one twenty seven? If you I don't know if you if you heard the tale of the tape and you and I, I did and you thought of me, yep. w- Then why wouldn't you pick? 7-6 to six or 6-3 six to three or something like because,
2: that. Because I was thinking the exact opposite. I was thinking, okay, everything is, is leading people to believe this is going to be a grind them out game, and what if this becomes an offensive explosion? I, I, I wasn't necessarily convinced that the Seahawks defense was going to be so great, and boy, was I wrong. Yeah. How about yeah. those guys? I yeah. mean, that half of the side was amazing. Amazing. Incredible, Now, Yeah. I, I, I was wrong. And I just you know, yeah. I, I threw out a big number and um it's all right. I, it's all right. You had
0: goes. you had but yeah, no, no. You had the right team. You had the yeah. right team on top, which is all that matters, and the right team won Eight and five. So let's set up what we're going to do on episode number six here. We're going to talk a lot about the Seahawks and the Vikings. Obviously, that'll be the dominant topic of conversation, but it won't be the only. We have a laundry list as we do each and every show. Now, we haven't dropped the show since Thursday of last week, Jay Ham. And we are now kind of a day later than we normally would be because of the Monday Nighter. So I've got a lot of little stuff for you that do not include the Seahawks. So we'll have to find time for that. Plus, plus... I'm going to call it the debut of leaving this town, even though we had a sneak peek for patrons. The very first ever Mitch Unfiltered single was shared with patrons last Friday. It was actually shared with Jason Hamilton before anybody else. You were were the first person to hear my new single. I'm I'm dusting off Mitch's melodies, and I'm bringing them to Mitch Unfiltered. I want an unfiltered opinion. I want you to know... That Jason Stark has heard it. Steve it's making the rounds. ESPN people have heard it. A lot oh, of people. Really? Oh yeah. Fox people have heard it. They're yeah. all commenting to me. What 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 did you what was your first impression of leaving this town? The Mitch Unfiltered first single of the year. Okay.
2: Yeah. So I've got I've got two immediate thoughts. Yeah. The first is clever lyrics.
0: Okay, clever lyrics. I'll take it. Yeah, clever. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. And the and the second is at, at the end of the song. Yeah. You actually hit some decent notes, man. <laughs> you you, <laughs> you were up there. You were uh, you were. I uh, uh. I actually I actually had my wife with me, and I said, "Listen to this." And she said, "Is that Mitch?"
0: And I said, "Yeah." She said, "Is he auto tune?" What does, said, think, what does that mean? What does that mean, AutoTune? Yeah, so 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 see see you don't even know. I don't even What does that mean? It,
2: it where you have a program, a voice program that actually makes your voice sounds different. You can change the inflection, you can Okay. I said no, Okay, I'm, hold that, on a
0: second. She's yeah, given she's given me a lot more credit. She thinks I know how to do that? I can't even <laughs> I can't even <laughs> I can't even record Mitch unfiltered and get it published on time. I I did. There is reverb. That's the best I can do to make myself because I, you know, I, I don't know. I I had to add a little something to make myself sound like a, like a professional, like somewhere in the shower or something. But I don't, I didn't do anything with auto tune. I don't even know what auto tune is. That's all I can tell you. So, well,
2: you're a cro- you're a crooner. You're yeah, now sure all of official. Yeah, you and Michael Bublé. You, you guys are official.
0: <laughs> so we're gonna <laughs> so we're gonna play it today. We're gonna play it. Right. Uh, yep. That'll be going into I think our third segment. We'll play it, and then of course, Mr. Postseason. Yes, Mr. Postseason has plenty to say today in the wake of 21 to seven, four in a row, four and five they were after those losses to the Chargers and the Rams. j Ham. Four yeah. and five, looking really desperate, looking like it's just not going to be this year. It's going to be a rebuilding year. Had seven and nine, kind of six and ten, eight and eight written all over it. And wham bam, there we, there they are at at eight and five, in absolutely firm control of a. Did they win a preseason game? Am I am I mistaken, or did they go zero for four in the preseason?
2: I don't pay attention to that mess.
0: I know, but coming out of the preseason I don't think
2: they I don't actually I don't think they won a game. I mean, they, but that's been their MO for the years where you know they've been terrible they've been terrible in the in the preseason they come out and they they play much better right. once uh, once the lights are on.
0: Yeah, but this time around go back to your Twitter feed. Go yeah. back to what people were saying, what Seahawks fans were saying entering the season. Then go back and see what they were saying after they started 0 and 2 with losses in Denver and Chicago. Go back mm-hmm. and check what what 12 men, if you want to call it. 12 men and women were saying about this team. They had mm-hmm. there were a lot of white flags being waved. Oh, I, yeah. And I was and I and I'm not suggesting that I wasn't one of them. There were a ton of people who just thought this there's no way this year. There is no way, watching them in training camp, watching them in those preseason games, there is just, looking at their schedule, considering the opponents, there is just no way this year, and look at the, you know me, I'm not the the biggest Pete Carroll fan, but I think this is the best job he's ever done. To have this team, this group, eight and five, well, you know, he won a Super Bowl, so that's hard to hard to <laughs> dispute. But this is unbelievable that we're sitting here talking about a team. Mr. Postseason's going to tell you. Yeah. He's going to tell you in a couple of segments, three segments, that this team has a chance to, with two weeks to go in the season, have nothing to play for and be able to rest starters for the last two weeks. He's going to give you a reason why that is a firm possibility. I just can't believe we're here and that they're 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 eight and five and looking at Looking at you know we're talking about who's who they going to play in the postseason. It's amazing. Well, I
2: remember I remember the conversation that, that you had the other day, both with Jason Lock and and with Peter King, and and to think about the fact that you know the whole Earl Thomas saga, yeah, the whole you know Cam Chancellor, the Richard Sherman, the, name the, the the players that are no longer with the Seattle Seahawks, and now all of a sudden. You're looking at a team that's eight and five. That's staring uh, the number five seed, um, squaring the jaws. It's playing great football. How about the offensive line? I mean, I don't mean to
0: going to where I'm going next. Yeah, yeah, I was going to
2: say I don't mean to to run down your guy, Mr. Taco Time, Tom Cable, but uh, my oh my! I mean, this is a very very different looking. Even even without Fluker, this is a different looking physical front line that's allowing this running game to just take over. It's 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 impressive all the way around. You
0: know, I've been impressed by the offensive line like everybody else. It's the top running team, at least in a yards per game situation in the National Football League. But I'll I'll admit to you that I don't know that I I don't know that I fully, fully, fully bought was buying the hype and until yeah. until I watched Monday night's first half. Because They did it on Monday night in the first half against one of the most stout defensive front sevens that they're going to find. Forget front seven. They got safeties that come up. I mean, there's a reason why they were number two in the league in yards per carry allowed. There's a reason why they were number one in third down conversions allowed because they stopped the run and they're always in third and longs, the opponent's. And for the Seahawks to go out there on Monday night, especially in the first half, but then in the second half a little bit at the end, 214 yards rushing against that defense, 5.1 yards a carry on 42 carries. And I'm right with you. I sat there on Monday night watching it thinking, Tom Cable's got to be the most overrated offensive line coach in the history of the National Football League because there's just no way. I mean, okay, so Solari comes in, and yeah, there are a couple of changes, but for the most part, it's not like it's the most talent-riddled offensive line in the National Football League. Uh, it, it's it's probably the equivalent in talent. I mean, he had a Fetty last year they've got a Fetty this year on the offensive line you know DJ Fluker was there wasn't a a line of free agent uh, you know acquisitions or free agent possibilities around the block for DJ Fluker I mean this is not like all of a sudden there's five first round draft choices and all kinds of money spent on the offensive line this is just a different philosophy and whatever Solari's done it's the Midas touch and it just makes Tom Cable look like a horse's ass, pardon the French. I mean, it just it just makes him it look does. so bad right now watching this team run the football.
2: It does. I mean, you, there's no way that you can you can sidestep that because it was year after year after year of Tom Cable is making do with misfits and combinations, golf and this, that, and the other thing, and Solari comes in, Puts in his system, and they just establish a physical front line that can run the ball. Not with Marshawn Lynch, Mitch. This isn't. This isn't, you know, a, a potential Hall of Fame back that is sitting that is sitting back there behind this line. You're talking about a trio of guys. Uh, you know, a first-round pick and a couple of cast-offs that are running behind the line and getting it done. And so I think it all starts there, and it allows, you know, I mentioned Russell Wilson's line earlier. Uh, it allows him to have a game like that, a subpar Russell Wilson game. but yeah, yeah. So for that team to be so physical and control yeah. the line of scrimmage and still win.
0: I- I'll, I'll disagree with you slightly. Yeah. I would not undersell Chris Carson. The more huh. I watch that guy, I mean, we can call Penny a first-round draft choice and a couple of cast-offs, but one of those cast-offs, I guess, is Carson. I know he, yeah. was, I know he was a late-round pick, and I know he was a teacher's pet with Pete Carroll. I know Pete Carroll loved him from the beginning. The more I watch that guy, the more I see kind of a hybrid. I don't know how much you watched Le'Veon Bell before he decided not to play football anymore. Le'Veon Bell had this thing where he would get the handoff and he would literally stop at the line if he didn't like he would pause. He's like the only running back I think I've ever seen who routinely would stop. If he didn't see a hole, he would just stop and wait and wait and wait and then get through the hole. Chris Carson has a little of that. And he's got a little Marshawn. He's not Marshawn Lynch. But does he not get yards after the first contact as well as anybody in the National Football League? The more I watch that guy, the more I'm sold. I don't know whether he's durable enough. He seems to get hurt a lot. He's always got a finger or a knee or a calf. But that guy, I think, is the real deal. I think that guy is much more than a cast-off now. And I'm not taking credit away from the offensive line. I just think they work. I think he is a perfect running back. To run behind that offensive line with the style that they run block, and uh, and and Penny's, you know, Penny's better and better and better the more that we see him, and it's starting to look like a good reason to pick him in the first round. I don't know that that was the the smartest pick at that point, but we'll have to wait and see. The running game is the, to me it's the story of the year. Now I know the defense was unbelievable last night. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, we've got a laundry list of things with the Seahawks to talk about. We got to talk about the. The, the, the blocked kick and the big play that the Vikings had. And I get to complain about not getting a screen pass. And we've got to talk about the end of the first <laughs> half, the way Russell Wilson handled the last play of the first half, the, the interception. We've got to talk about all of that, and we will. Plus, we'll have Mr. Postseason at the end of today's episode, number six. And, of course, the song, Leaving This Town. You've heard us talk about it. You'll get to hear the, uh, the first single of Mitch Unfiltered. Jaguar Land Rover of Bellevue is fired up for the return of the brand new Land Rover Defender in 2019. I'm actually looking at a picture of one right now in silver, and it's awesome. You can trace the defender's roots back a hundred years to World War II, adding luxury and technology to this already iconic vehicle. Get on the order form, get on the order list with Jaguar Land Rover of Bellevue. Why? They do it right. An atmosphere that's different than all other car dealerships from the moment you walk through the doors. A pressure-free environment, as I like to say, no matter the make, the model, or the year. A fabulous pre-owned selection of vehicles for the holidays. And don't get me started on the service department. I just got service on one of our cars about a month ago and was the easiest thing in the world. A loaner car awaiting me at the front door. Jaguar Land Rover of Bellevue and the return of the 2019 Land Rover Defender.
1: Unfiltered.
0: Well, Jason Hamilton, the Seahawks get it done 21-7. They're now 8-5 and five on the season and rambling towards a playoff bid. Mr. Postseason will be in the last segment of this episode, number six. Don't forget, again, we are available everywhere where podcasts are available, wherever that might be, including iTunes. We're getting great ratings. We're on lists. We're on charts. We're, we're just we're cruising along here on the Mitch Unfiltered podcast, and we hope that you'll also become a patron with us at MitchUnfiltered.com. Click on the uh, the little icon that says become a patron and have access to all, all of the bonus episodes of Mitch Unfiltered. Uh, Let's go back to the game, Jay Ham, and let's talk about the controversial blocked field goal. Was it a penalty? Was it not a penalty? Does it even matter? Would they? I mean, everybody's making such a big deal out about about this play. I say the Seahawks win the game anyway. The the Vikings weren't scoring enough to win the win the football game.
2: If you want to be Mister Mister Rules, not Mister Playoffs, Mister Postseason, you 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 would probably see that the rules say, Hey, did he did uh, did Bobby Wagner gain an advantage? Did he elevate? Did he change his height? Did he lift? Uh, to get that block, and I, I think that is no. I think that answer is no. However, I will say his foot on the replay clearly hit the center's back. So if, if in fact, that is a flag, that is a penalty, right. uh, it should have been called and it was not. Okay, the wa- uh, yeah.
0: okay so we're shifting now. At, at first, once the game ended, everybody was talking about whether he used his teammates as leverage, right, right. to gain. Right. And, and the rule states pretty clearly to gain additional height. So now that the Vikings and the Vikings fans have lost that argument, because there was no question that while the hands hit the uh, hit the teammates, I don't think that he propelled himself higher in the air. Now, no. now we're going to shift to say, okay, it's a penalty because he touched the the center, which, in fact, I believe is a penalty. I don't think I think the center has got to be unscathed. He's not allowed. You're not allowed Correct. to touch the center. So if you mm-hmm. saw a highlight that says. That uh, that Bobby Wagner touched the center. I guess it. I guess it should have been a penalty. But what is it that that guy doesn't do? Can you please list? Oh. Can we come up with anything? Can that guy do everything or not? He covers. He rushes. He tackles. He leads. He leads by example. The guy is having an all an all world year. And of course, he's got that little that little thing in his bag of tricks of jumping over the offensive line to make a block in a critical situation. The guy's unbelievable. He he should be he should be in the MVP voting of the league as far as I'm concerned.
2: I mean, he's durable, he's doing everything. His lateral quickness, he's he's in coverage, he's getting into gaps, he's making tackles for loss, he's blocking kicks. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what this guy has done and and again, we go back to what we were talking about earlier with the departures of everybody on this defense for the Seattle Seahawks uh and and the leadership whether it's michael bennett whether it's you know whomever throw a name out there bobby wagner has been a mainstay and a guy that this seahawks program can rely on and has been unbelievable for this team this year
0: yeah it's incredible if you had to give a vote to the biggest play of the game on Monday night in the 21-7 victory uh, over the Vikings, I gotta, I, I'm got. i going to give you three choices. You have to okay. come up with one. Okay. All right? I'll give you three candidates, even though I may not have all the right ones. I'll give you three. A, let's make that one one of them, the blocked field goal. Okay? It was, mm-hmm. six, it was 6 nothing at the time. They're trying to make it 6-3. He jumps over the offensive line. He comes up with the block. The shutout is intact, at least for that for that time. and there's right. questions of whether it should have been allowed. It could have been a fifteen yard penalty. By the way, if it was a fifteen yard penalty, it obviously gives them a first down and gives them a chance to score a touchdown and exactly and take a seven to six lead. I don't know if they're getting into the end zone. So we'll call that a. Uh, B, candidate number two, the fourth down stop. Mm-hmm. They get down to the one or two yard line. Do the Vikings finally down 6-0? There's a disagreement on the television broadcast of whether they should be going for the field goal or going for the touchdown early in the fourth quarter. They go for the touchdown on fourth down, and Cousins throws to the wrong guy. Thielen's open in the end zone. He throws to the tight end who can't make the play. The ball is not thrown correctly, and the defense is there, and you have a stop. Now, of Mm -hmm. course, the Seahawks don't get a first down. They give the ball right back, but that's beyond the point. So there's... There's right. candidate number 2. Candidate number 3. The Seahawks are trying desperately to get beyond a one-score game. They're at 6 nothing, 6 nothing, 6 nothing and in jeopardy obviously of yep. watching this game slip away if somehow the Vikings should get into the end zone and Russell Wilson gets away down the left sideline and yep. rumbles and stumbles his way, I don't know, was it 40 yards, something like 40 yards, to put them... And stays in bounds.
2: Sta- and stays in bounds.
0: stains in bounds, but puts them firmly in position to at least get three to, yep. to finally get that second score advantage, get that two-score advantage, and get them clear of where a touchdown will kill them in a game that they've dominated the whole night. Uh, and by the way, I don't think Russell Wilson looked like the Russell Wilson of five years ago when he ran down that sideline. It wasn't his graceful. It wasn't Barishnikov. let's put it that way, no, running down no. that sideline. But it was effective nonetheless. I'll give you those three plays. You picked the, the play of the night from the 21-7 victory over the Vikings.
2: Well, I mean, if you're going to give me those three, I, I think I'm going to go with, with, with the Vikings not scoring, knocking on the doorstep.
0: The fourth down stop.
2: Yeah, the fourth down stop. I mean, I I think, you know, where that play occurred, you know, where it transpired during the game, game play, uh, you know, had they scored there, what happens?
0: You know what time in the show it is right now? It's time for me to complain that the Seahawks won't run a screen pass. Yes. Can we – what does a man have to do? I'm just asking. My hands are thrown up. You can't see me right now through the phone. What does a man or woman? What does a Seahawks fan have to do to get Russell Wilson, who's just about under pressure all the time, although the offensive line has done a much better job in pass protection. I don't mean it as a shot. let the let the let the 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 rushers in toss the ball over their head to a running back. What do I have to do for the Seahawks to run a freaking? scream pass, and slow down, especially early yeah. in the game, and slow down the pass rush?
2: I really thought that this was going to be the game where Shoddy, let's get Shoddy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that Shoddy was going to, I think he was going to, I just thought he was going to throw a couple of wrinkles out oh there God, and shoddy. add oh. a few more Screen passes. Now, here's what I will say.
0: By the way, did you – I'm sorry to interrupt. Come, we'll come back yeah. to that. Did you see the the the, the shot of Pete Carroll and sh- – Shoddy and Pete Carroll late in the game on the sidelines giving each other a high five? I'm looking at Shoddy. He's got a grin. He's got a crap-eating grin on his face. And I'm saying to myself – what the hell did you do? What what, what did you what exactly was your <laughs> contribution? What I mean, what was the contribution offensive? I guess he could he can take credit for the offensive line and the running game, but Shoddy was celebrating with Pete Carroll on the sidelines like Shoddy had just engineered like a fifty six point outburst on Monday night oh, football against the Vikings. Mitch,
2: you're being you're being a hater. All right. I take it back. You're being a hater. I take it he, back. Go back had, to what
0: you were saying. I interrupted. What right. were you saying?
2: All right. Yeah, time of possession, so that's what I'm going to say. Here's what I will say. Right. The, the read option was something, though. Russell Wilson kept it earlier in this game than I've ever seen.
0: I know. A couple times, right?
2: Yes. That was the one thing. So we didn't get the screen, but we saw the read option where Russell actually kept it, ran for positive yards, for first downs, for extra yards. And I thought, okay all right, we're going to see the screen. We're going to see – now we're, we're seeing the read option for something. We're going to see the screen for something. That never materialized. But I, I was happy to see at least the read option and Russell run it a couple
0: of times. What do you think the difference in his 40 time is right now from the time he came out of Wisconsin?
2: I mean, what are you asking me that for? He just he's does – he, he he's bigger? I mean, he's he's certainly – He's certainly thicker as a human yeah. being. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's a little older. Yeah. Uh, I feel, taking a I, I lot feel of hits.
0: Th- he's taking a lot of hits. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, you know, he, he. There was a couple of there was a couple of runs that he had where I thought he slid a little early. He could have got three, four, five more. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, you know. Yeah. But you know, you know, he's a franchise quarterback. You got to get down. You got to get out of bounds. You got to you got to protect your life. You, you got to do all those. You got to do all those things when you're an NFL quarterback. He's it was not, fine.
0: He's not winning Player of the Week with a 72 yard performance tonight. Mm-hmm.
2: No. Nor a 47.5 QBR. He's, that's, <laughs> not, that's not, not happening. How about no. the end
0: of the first half? Now, did you see the highlights from the end of the first half of the Patriots-Dolphins game? End of the first half? Yes, there's a big... Well, you know what happened, the lateral. We'll get to the yeah. lateral in our next segment with all the laundry list of stuff that we want to talk about. Yeah. But did you see what happened in the first half? That The end of the first half was a big, big part of that story in Miami. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so here's here's the funny about funny thing about that game that you know you know I, I understand Mr. Postseason is going to have something to say about that, but you know uh, typically the Miami Dolphins versus the New England Patriots, no one outside of you actually cares.
0: Well, I'm, but I'm not bringing it up because I'm a Dolphins fan. I'm bringing it up because of the similarities to what happened at the end of the first half. Okay, in the Monday night so, game.
2: I'll say, I'll say no, I didn't say Okay, it.
0: so the, the Patriots are ahead by like one or two points going into mm-hmm. halftime. It's a high-scoring first half, and they have the ball with no timeouts left at like the two- or three-yard line of the Dolphins. Okay. They have no timeouts left. He goes back to pass on like second down, whatever. Tom Brady, the world's greatest quarterback, goes back yeah. to pass. Yeah. He forgets that he has no timeouts left. And he takes a sack. He, he, he doesn't throw the ball away. He holds the ball, holds the ball, holds the ball, holds the ball, takes the sack, then looks up and watches the clock expire. They get no points. And they, oh. and they end up losing by one point on the lateral at the end of the game. Oh. Okay? So the world was making fun of Tom Brady for that end of the first half gaff. Right, right, right. And here we are, a night later, another star quarterback who's getting ready to make $30 million a year. Mm-hmm is in a very similar situation I, he he doesn't throw he can throw it away easily throw it away he turns he squirms he throws it out it's picked off you know the story and they yep. fail to score I mean we would imagine had the Seahawks lost that game how much discussion would be about that situation and I just want to bring up something something a little bit off off topic. Everybody's going okay. to talk about I clearly I look, there's no defending Russell Wilson. I'm certain that when he got front of in front of a microphone on Monday night after the game, he said, "That's on me. I screwed that whole thing up. I should have just fired that thing out of the end zone with Remember there was 16 seconds left. I think right. it was 16 seconds. They're at the 1-yard line. They have no timeouts left and they they run a little quick pass play. It's not open and then he turns and so forth and so on. There's no there's no I don't mean to defend him, but I want to bring up one or two other things, if I, if I may, before we get to the song. Sure, sure. Number one, let's not forget poor clock management, poor use of timeouts. Otherwise, you'd have – remember, they get the ball with five minutes and 48 seconds to go in the second quarter. The reason why I know that is because I tweeted – When they got the ball, you may have seen this tweet. How about a five – it was 5.49. I think I said, how about a five-minute and 48-second drive for seven here at the end of the half? Okay. So so they literally almost pulled that off, exactly what I asked. They almost took exactly five minutes and 48 seconds and pushed it in for seven. But their use of the timeouts, so they get caught with no – there's no way you have the ball for that long. There's no way you shouldn't keep a timeout in your pocket for 16 seconds to go, you should I not agree. be out of timeout. So let's not forget that. And this is not the first time we question clock management. The clock management in the NFL is bad. The clock management yep. for the Seahawks is bad on occasion, and here it was bad again. There should have been a, never a situation where they didn't have one timeout left when they when they snapped that ball with 16 seconds. And the second thing is, oh, you want to want to comment on that before I go to the well, second? Well, I was going to
2: yeah. say the, in a game like this. In the NFL, you, you can't be in that situation knocking on the doorstep of points in the NFL in a game like that and come away with nothing.
0: Right. You, you just cannot do that. Well, I mean, there's, it, and there's a combination of reasons why that happened. Number one, and yeah. first and foremost, is the quarterback made a terrible decision to hold on to the ball sure. and then th- sure. and then ended up in an interception. Should have thrown yeah. it away and lived. It was first down. He had another down or two before the clock expired. That's first. The second thing is what we just talked about. Poor clock management, poor use of timeouts. No way you should be out of timeouts in that situation at the end of the half. And then here's the third thing. You have – think about this now for a second, Jay Ham. you got 16 seconds to go. You're at the one-yard line. What have you done to the Vikings all half up until that point?
2: Just run it down their throat.
0: You have run it down down their throats you are well over 100 yards in the first half you have just you have held the ball they are tired you have just demoralized that uh, that defense that defense which is so great and so stout you've just taken it to them right Mm -hmm. even with no timeouts left and 16 seconds on first down I say let's just pound them let's hand it to Carson and let's pound them And what's the worst thing that can happen? He doesn't get in, and what do you do? You don't have timeouts left. There's 16 seconds. How long does it take to run a running play from the one-yard line? It takes five seconds. Okay, what do you do if he doesn't get in? You line up. You spike the ball. Mm -hmm. You stop the clock. You can then decide whether you want to try to punch it in or take the field goal at that particular point. I bring it up because everybody in the world – when they lined up with 16 seconds ago and no timeouts left, was thinking they had to do what? I think everybody in the world was thinking they got to pass. they got to pass because they oh, have no yeah, timeouts yeah, yeah, left. Yeah, they got to pass. Gotta, yeah, you yeah. know what? You don't have to pass. Shove that ball right up their th- – shove it down their throats for a touchdown, and if it doesn't work, get everybody back up. You don't have to go very far, right? Spike the ball. They're still – five, six, seven seconds left. You can t- try another play. You can kick a field goal. You still have all. You you did not have to. My point is, A, pathetic decision by performance by Russell Wilson in that, in that moment. B, yeah. poor clock management and use of timeouts leading up to that situation because you can't leave yourself with no timeouts when you had the ball for five minutes and 48 seconds. And C, you could still run it right down their throats from the one and punch it in and take a 13 nothing lead or, at worst, spike the ball after you try to do that if it doesn't work. Yeah. Okay? Yeah.
3: All right. Yeah.
0: That's my thoughts. I'm off my soapbox now. Are you? I am. Okay. World-class hospitality. I say this all the time because I believe it. Daniel's Broiler is a special restaurant. One of the things I think makes Daniels special is their belief in world-class hospitality. Of course, you expect the excellent steaks and seafood at Daniels. Of course, you expect the world-class views. Of course, you expect a wine spectator, best of excellence award-winning wine list and premium service. But if Daniels doesn't make you feel special, what's the point? We live in a time when hospitality is becoming a lost art in restaurants, and that's a shame. When you go to Daniels Broiler, your needs come first, and that starts with world-class hospitality. Daniel's goal is to make every guest feel like they are much more than just a guest. They're part of a family, a Daniel's family. And I'm talking about not just being polite, much more than that. How you're treated is just important to Daniel's as the excellence of their food. Locally owned by the Schwartz family and located at South Lake Union, Leshine Marina and Bellevue Place, Daniel's Broiler, world-class steakhouses. You better not watch, we'll bring a tear to your eye. You might as well pout, cause there's no reason why. Our All-Stars are leaving this town. They're grabbing their gloves, packing their bats, bagging awards and fabulous stats. Our All-Stars are leaving this town. He'll trade you when you are sleeping He'll boot you when you're awake No hitters or 57 saves Doesn't matter for goodness sakes You better not watch, we'll bring a tear to your eye You might as well pout cause there's no reason why Our all-stars are leaving this town All right. trade you when you are sleeping. They'll boot you when you're awake. They'll balk at your current contract. One they wanted in the first place. You better not watch, we'll bring a tear to your eye. Might as well pout, cause there's no reason why. are... All stars are leaving town. You better not watch will bring a tear to your eye. Might as well, pal, cause there's no reason why. Our all stars are leaving. Big maple, sweet sugar, and the hitting machine are leaving this town.
1: Unfiltered.
0: All right, there it is. For better or worse,
3: <laughs> uh, Bitches, the bitch
0: they'll trade you when you're sleeping. Uh, They will trade you when you're sleeping. Uh, I had to do it. I I had to to dust off the Mitch's. Now, do you remember the Mitch's melodies, the Hugh H. Short QBs? Oh, yeah, yeah. And the Douchebag Harbaugh style and the Seldom Maybe. Do you remember all those songs? Oh, yeah. I had to dust them off. So uh, I had to try it again. I had to try it again, and I figured the best best, uh, victim would be Jerry and the Mariners. I hope that they, when they hear this, they're not going to be too too upset. They can't be that upset, can they? Be that upset?
3: No, nah,
2: I mean it's it's all in good fun, right? I mean they know what they're doing over there. They're 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 <laughs> they're changing everything up over there. Yeah, I mean they can't. They got to know there's some criticism
0: coming on. Come all on. right, I'm hoping to to be nominated for a Grammy for leaving this town. Hope everybody enjoyed the first listen to uh, our first single of the Mitch Unfiltered era. There'll be more. Okay. Should there be more? Do ask- You want more? Where that came from? Or I what do. do you? But yes. I, let yeah. me
2: break in here and ask you: yeah. Have you been practicing your, your your vocals in the last fifteen months? Because you were you were hitting some notes.
0: No. I. What I would say is, I did that song when I recorded it probably five thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you took the best
3: parts,
2: that yes. what you're saying. Yes. Yeah,
0: okay. Yes, it's an all star. It's an all star team. I took a little of this. <laughs> okay. And a little of that. Okay. I put it together. I don't know. I I just thought it'd be fun to do one. People seemed to like it when I was on the radio, so I figured we'd do one right there. And uh, there it is. the f- The first Mitch unfiltered single of. Uh, and we've gotten. I've gotten good reviews. people yeah, seem yeah. To, People seem to like it. So. Uh, we'll get to uh, Mr. Mr. Postseason here in our last segment, but before we do that, can I get a few uh, a few laundry list items from things that have happened Yo, since since the last yeah. time we were together? Can I get a little mm-hmm. lateral love, a little lateral no da- love in this podcast? No Come no, on, no that,
2: that was that was. I listen, I, I saw your hashtag fins up. I saw I saw I saw it all. I mean, you know, uh, you know. Listen, if I wasn't uh, if I was a fan of the Dolphins and or a hater of the Patriots, which which actually might be true, uh, that was that was a that was a heck of a last play and um, pretty pretty fun to see. Highlight after highlighted every angle of how that play actually came to be.
0: Can I tell you where I was and how I saw that? I was watching on my phone. I oh, was. Don't
2: say you were like in a gym. I like was a basketball. I was. No.
0: Yes. I was at Renton High School. Oh yeah I was oh, in the, yeah, I was in the lobby of Renton high School outside of one of their like 17, yep. 17 courts getting ready to watch my son play a game of uh, of basketball and I had left the game I'd watched it uh, at the house and then I had left the game and I'm standing there amidst a lot of people in a hot uh, in a hot gym and when that thing happened people were looking at me like what the hell <laughs> I mean I just could I could I, I was I was like Jim Valvano. I was looking for somebody to hug. Yeah. I was running around. Hey, did you see this? And people are like, who are you? I was like, no, no, yeah. you gotta look at this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable. And yeah. the fact that it happened, come on, here's where here's what I've gotta mention. The fact that it happened against the Patriots and Bill Belichick. Come on. Makes it even better. Oh, come on. Of all the, of all the teams. And can I yeah. just I you probably have heard this thing analyzed till 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 uh or too much, but can I just point out that the world's greatest coach made one of the most boneheaded plays. Have you, have you, have you listened to the analysis of this with, with Gronkowski out on the field?
2: Well, I saw him stumble trying to, okay. trying to make the tackle at the end, yeah.
0: Okay, well, you know why he was on the field, right?
2: Well, I'm assuming that he, they thought they were going to throw a Hail Mary and they wanted his size right. to Right. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. They wanted him to yeah. be the guy who got up there on a Hail Mary and batted the ball down. He's in the, yeah. He's on their Hail Mary defense, which makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Here's sure. what Here's what the greatest coach that's ever breathed didn't realize. The the line of scrimmage, Jayham Right, Campbell how
2: would have thrown it seventy-five yards.
0: Thirty the, the light line of scrimmage was thirty. Was the thirty-one? He's go, so that's sixty-nine yards. Yeah, he's gonna yeah. he's gonna drop back to pass. He's probably gonna be out of the shot. He's probably gonna be ten more yards. So we're talking about a seventy-nine-yard hail mary. At what point do you think the world's greatest coach should figure out, you know what, they're probably not going to throw a Hail Mary here. They're probably going to do the whole lateral thing. So it may not be in our best interest to have our our slow tight end be the last line of defense against one of the fastest guys in the NFL, Kenyon Drake. It was just, just the whole thing, just to keep the Dolphins in the playoff race. We'll get to Mr. Postseason. For it to happen against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and the Patriots, for it to be just a boneheaded mistake by the defense uh, or by the, the the coaching staff, the, the whole thing—I couldn't have written a more incredible <laughs> script than that. All right, lined it, laundry list item: uh, Kyler Murray wins the Heisman. How are you with that, Jay Ham? A hundred percent good. A hundred percent good. Surprised?
2: Uh, no, I, I don't think surprised. I, I, I think the other the other candidates. Um, you know, had solid years. I mean, you know, what Alabama's done and what Ohio State's done, and both of those quarterbacks put up good numbers. But, I mean, <laughs> Kyler Murray's a video game quarterback right now with that offense in Oklahoma, and uh, I think he well-deserved, at least in my opinion. I agree. How did you f- – yeah, okay.
0: Completely agree. I yeah. was worried he wasn't going to get it. Had you asked me if he was going to get it, I probably would have said no. Because I happen to know that a lot of Heisman voters, they vote before the conference championship game. Remember, we talked to New Neweisel about this.
2: That's right. That's and right. so you
0: get your ballots, you get your ballots like a week or so or more before the championship games. And a lot of guys vote because they just want to vote and get it over with. Yeah. Other guys vote because they don't think that the conference champ, the extra game should count for right. certain teams that are in the extra game when other players do not have that so so there's some people that just vote because they want to get it out of the way there's others that don't feel like the conference championship game should vote should count so my concern was that the votes would have been in and Tua would have won because Kyler Murray had the great big 12 championship game and of course Tua got hurt and they struggled against Georgia and he needed to get bailed out so I was worried that Tua was still going to get it because too many of the people had voted beforehand Mm -hmm. but I was real Mm -hmm. thrilled to see, I would have voted for Kyler Murray. I think the right guy won it, and justice prevailed in that one. How about the three Husky All-Americans? You see this? B- yep. B-B-K, uh a first-team yep. linebacker. Byron Murphy and Taylor Rapp are second-teamers. So that defense is honored in grand fashion for the Washington Huskies who are getting ready for the Rose But That's nice to see a great defense get three honors like that and get first- and second-team All-Americans.
2: Ben Kevin, has been – I mean, you know, he's a – pac twelve academic all american and then an all american on the on the football field you know that's you know that's a double whammy i mean that's what you aspire to as a as a student athlete to be able to do that and then the other guys in the in the secondary jimmy lake um has 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 brought that secondary to to heights you know i don't know if they've they've ever been there with 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 four or five guys and 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 um uh, people coming off the bench U uh, dub is now DBU it, it's unbelievable.
0: by the way, I was watching ESPN in one of their college football bowl shows and they had three guys on and I think the guy that I'm going to refer to is Greg McElroy I think he's a former quarterback yeah um, Alabama Alabama quarterback mm-hmm. they're doing this thing where they're asking these three guys to rank to, to pick every bowl game you, you've seen some of these pools yeah you sure. pick, you pick every bowl game and then you rank them most points to least points based on how how certain you are. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this yeah. guy McElroy, he his forty pointer, so his most his 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 most yeah, his his five star lock is right. basically what you're saying. Right. The the the, yeah. the the pick that he feels most comfortable with of all yeah. of his picks in all of the bowl games was yeah. Ohio State in the Rose Bowl over Washington.
2: So you want me to respond to that? Is that no, you are you, trying, just, to, are you no. trying to goad me? No, huh? I'm just
0: say, I'm just saying I, I I'll be very disappointed. That that tells me that he thinks and others think that Ohio State's going to run all over. They that their offense is too good and Washington's defense only has three first or second team all-Americans. They've been great all year, but uh, it seems like the growing consensus is Urban Meyer's last game Ohio State's going to run roughshod over the Washington defense. I sure hope that that's not the case because I do not like Urban Meyer, and I want him going out on a loss, even though I am convinced, I would bet the eyes of my firstborn, that Urban Meyer will be back as a head coach.
2: He, oh, I think I think you're wrong about oh
0: that. Oh, my God. I will, a, I oh, will, my God. Oh, we got to have a, a little side we, wager on that, just we, a matter we will of have, time.
2: We will have a long-term side wager on that. Not going to uh, be long.
0: It's, it's not going to be long. It's not oh, going to be long. Oh,
2: well, then I'll, I'll – okay. So then I'll, you, we'll, just, we'll just go year by year. You just pay me annually. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. It, okay. Yeah, I'll,
0: yes, I'll do okay. that. Um, okay. Yes, but then what happens when he takes, like, an NFL job or a college job or he's back? No, no, no. He's
2: not, he's not going back. I don't think he's going back to college ever.
0: But you just said that I'm going to pay you annually when he's not working. I'm asking we're, you we're, what's, no, what's no, then no, going to happen I, when he does so, work. Uh, do so wait a I minute. do I get all the money that I paid you back and then some? Well, I'm I'm assuming you'll get nothing
2: and like it. <laughs> what <laughs> what I'm saying to you is this: yes. yes, I don't think after leaving Florida and having health issues and changing that deal and then taking his dream job at Ohio State and then going through what he's gone through, where does he go? Where does he go? Notre Dame? If they fall, where does he? Where, so I don't think he goes to college. I I think he's done there. NFL,
0: I I completely... Oh. oh. (laughs)
2: Wow. Listen, they will be on probation (laughs) within the first six minutes if Urban Meyer goes to USC. And not not because he's a cheater. (laughs) Not because he's a cheater, but it just looks so good awful Uh, it'll just the optics on that will be so bad that i'm just you're whatever you want to bet let's
0: bet all right before we go to mr postseason i just have to get this in okay pop goes the weasel the weasel goes pop Mm -hmm. at tennessee or against tennessee should have been against washington we all know that on the wednesday they survived that but they did not survive the vols and they have they have fallen from the top spot of college basketball I just want to point that out right
2: you you do know that I mean you know I I have I have
0: listened to you talk about
2: Mark Few and I know you have your own Mark Few story. You you do know that Mark Few is going to go down as one of the winningest college coaches in the history of college basketball, right?
0: What does that mean like in in, in games 1
2: games 1 fastest two accolades I mean, championships mm-hmm. in a conference, conference tournament titles. Uh, the the man can coach. How many of the it, San
0: Diego victories and Portland victories and Loyola Marymount victories can I take out of his uh, – how many does he have left <laughs> after you take all of those out, after you take all the ones where he's 45-point favorites to start the uh, game? How about that?
2: Okay. So maybe- and, and, and
0: no college basketball coach in the history of the Hall of Fame, which he'll make, he'll make the Hall of Fame, yeah. We'll have won more games against, against weak sisters of the poor.
2: Sub-500 teams?
0: It's teams that don't even have a, a way of sniffing the NIT. He'll have more wins against those teams than anybody in the history of college basketball.
2: That might be true. That might be true. Okay. That might be true.
0: Okay. Are we done there?
2: <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think that was the shutdown mode right there, yeah. Oh, dear.
0: All right. Mr. Postseason is coming up next. And I ask, what is better than getting pizza delivered as you're sitting down to watch the game? On Monday night, Vikings and Seahawks getting pizza and beer delivered, of course. Most Zeke's locations now deliver beer, wine, and cider. How about that? Nobody does Northwest craft beer better than Zeke's, and that includes delivery. Zeke's delivery menu features beers from the best local breweries, including Fremont, Rubens, Pike, and Bale Breaker. Order using the mobile app, iPhone and Android devices, online, zeekspizza.com or call 206-285-8646. A Zeek's delivery driver brings the order, not a third party. You can order any combination of food and beer just as long as it meets. Zeke's minimum of $15. Mix and match. Order six different beers. Order one can of beer. Order a cider, a bottle of wine, whatever it is that you'd like. And don't forget the women of your life. Mom likes it when a bottle of wine shows up at your door with the pizza. Again, on the mobile app, online at zeekspizza.com, or call 206-285-8646.
1: Unfiltered.
0: Why do I feel like Jason Hamilton that everybody put up with the first three segments on episode number six? <laughs> just, as a way, just as a way of wasting time before Mr. Postseason came along. Why, yeah. do I, why do I feel like nobody cared about anything we said about the Monday night game? Nobody cared about the weasel. Nobody cared about the lateral or anything else. They just want to hear from Mr. Postseason.
2: Mr. Postseason has got a following. That's why there's just Mr. no Postseason. question about that. He's yeah. deep.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah,
0: yeah. It's just uh, it's craziness. Uh, this is episode number six of Mitch Unfilter. We hope that you're enjoying it. Don't forget, we're asking you to become a patron if you like it and you you want to support it. You go to MitchUnfiltered.com, click on the to become a patron uh, icon, and go and for five dollars a month or anything that you would like to donate beyond five dollars. You will have access, by the way, to all of the bonus episodes, and sometimes we do Mr. Postseason at off times, right, Jason? Mm-hmm. We do it on That's times, exactly that you, right. yeah. So you get a little extra, yeah. Mr. Postseason, if you are a patron. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's begin. In the AFC, you know, I always like to begin in the AFC. There's a lot going on. There was a wild weekend in the National Football League, and I'm going to need your help, Jay Ham. I hope you're paying okay. attention. There will be tests. There will be quizzes. And by Uh-oh. the way, when we get to the Seahawks, we are going to peel the onion, the playoff onion, unlike it's ever been peeled before on a Mr. Postseason or a Mr. Playoffs' his twin brother. We are okay. going to get into – the minutia of the minutiae that you have to be a hardcore NFL Seahawks fan or a hardcore playoff fan mm. to even have any inch. We are really, we are going so far beneath the surface for one moment, and you'll know exactly where that moment will be on the Seahawks. But we're going to start in the AFC and we're going to begin in the AFC East. Where if the season ended today, which it doesn't, and it's stupid to even talk about. The New England Patriots at nine and four would win the AFC East. And the Miami Dolphins are still alive after the lateral. The miracle in Miami at hmm. seven and six. Still fighting for a wild card spot. Still actually distantly looking at the AFC East, though they're not going to catch the Patriots. We'll get there in a moment. What's gone on with the Pittsburgh Steelers? Oh. Flailing. Unbelievable. Down to seven, five, and one after their loss to the Raiders. Baltimore had a chance. They were in overtime and had a ch- had a late lead in the fourth quarter. In Kansas City, couldn't close the deal, so they didn't take over the AFC North lead. But they are seven and six of the Ravens, a half game behind the Steelers. Okay, I'm gonna read to you Pittsburgh's final three, and then I'm gonna read to you Baltimore's final three. Ooh. Okay, Pittsburgh at seven, five and one. New England this week, the Saints in New Orleans. Next week. And then the Bengals at home in Pittsburgh to end the season.
2: This is the Steelers' last three?
0: That's the Steelers' last three.
2: Oh, they are
0: in deep doo-doo. And if they, and if they don't win their division, it's probable that they're not going to even get a wild card, but we don't know that yet. Baltimore's last three. The Bucks at home mm-hmm. at the Chargers in the second-to-last game of the season. Baltimore's got to go out to face a hot Chargers team. And then home against the Browns in Week 17, the final weekend of the season.
2: Okay, so it's not—I mean, that's not smooth sailing. That's not smooth sailing. They've—they've they've got some—they've got some work to do as well.
0: Okay, I'm—I'm—I'm
2: I'm, I'm listening. I'm interested, Mr. Postseason.
0: All right, who are you picking? Pittsburgh or Baltimore to win the North?
2: I'm looking at the health of of uh, Lamar Jackson and. You know what, what's going on in the quarterback situation. I, I think the Steelers' schedule is more difficult, but I think I'm going to go on the limit. Say I'm going to say the Ravens catch them.
0: The Ravens catch them. Yeah. All right. AFC South. Houston okay. tripped up. Yeah. Down to nine and four, but still two games clear of Indianapolis and Tennessee. Both those teams are seven and six, very much in a wild card race in the AFC. So we'll make Houston if the season ended today, which it doesn't. It's stupid to even talk about. Houston, the nine and four winners of the AFC South. We'll throw yep. Indianapolis and Tennessee into the into the wild card mix and we'll come back to that. And then the AFC. Very interesting in the AFC West. Kansas City is eleven and two. The Chargers are ten and three. Guess who play this weekend in Kansas City? The Chargers mm-hmm. and the Chiefs. Now, I know you want to know if the Chargers happen to win in Kansas City, would they they win the tiebreaker? You want to know the answer to that question. I do.
2: I do. That's an important question. Yes,
0: but the answer is that they wouldn't because Kansas City's already won in Los Angeles against the Chargers earlier in the year. So they would split in the event that the Chargers win, they would split. And that would bring us to divisional record where the Chargers have two losses right now and Kansas City mm-hmm. has zero losses in the AFC West. So Kansas City okay. still is the owner of the tiebreaker in the AFC West. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to the overall AFC picture, and here it is. Kansas City is 11-2. and two. Right. The Patriots are now 9-4. and four. Seahawks fans have been asking for weeks and weeks and weeks, could the Chiefs have nothing to play for when they tee it up on Sunday right. Night Football with the- – with your eyes looking on at CenturyLink? And the answer is yes, they could. Now remember, New England beat the Chiefs earlier in the season. So a tie, all the Patriots need is a tie to take over the top spot. Mm
3: -hmm, mm -hmm, So mm
0: -hmm. Kansas City this week against the Chargers, New England this week against the Steelers. If New England loses to the Steelers, and the Chiefs beat the Chargers. They would have a three-game lead with That's two right. to play against the Patriots. And because Kansas City is looking like they'll win, the, will, they'll win the tiebreaker with Houston, if Houston should jump up there and tie, Kansas City could indeed, going into the game against the Seahawks on Sunday night football, have clinched home field advantage all the way through the AFC playoffs. Right. Okay. Okay, now, but we have a dogfight for number two as well. Because number we, two, Houston and New England. You just said something very interesting right there. What I say? You
2: said if the Patriots lose to the Steelers, which will put them at nine and five. That's right. And we have Houston at nine and four. I don't know who they play, but I'm nine n- and.
0: Mister Postseason can tell you the answers to okay. all these questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston plays the Jets this weekend.
2: Okay, well that's a win.
0: So Houston loses the tiebreaker to New England also because the Patriots not only beat the Chiefs, they beat the they beat the Texans in the second week of the first week of the season. Okay. So if Houston's going to overcome New England for that bye, that number 2 seed, they're going to have to win the record straight up against them. And mm-hmm. they can take a one game lead if the Patriots kind of kind of sulk their way after the lateral into Pittsburgh and lose. And Houston wins, Houston would replace New England for the number two spot in the AFC.
2: So is Mister is Mister Postseason willing to tell me who Houston has in the remaining three? Does Mister Postseason have that information? Of course, is,
0: of course, oh son. Okay, of course, son. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Houston at the Jets this weekend. At Jets. Home against the Eagles in sixteen, the Week Sixteen game.
2: Who might have nothing to play for? Okay.
0: And home against the Jaguars.
2: Mm. Okay. In week 17. Okay. And okay. as, I, as okay. I
0: said, New England at Pittsburgh this weekend, mm-hmm. then finish the season at home against the Bills mm-hmm. and at home against the Jets. Should win those two fairly easily.
2: Yep, yep,
3: yep.
0: So there's right. the situation. And for now, we're going to make Pittsburgh the fourth seed in the AFC because they win the North by the hair on their chinny chin chins. Correct but maybe not for long as you point out you're picking baltimore to overcome them in the north. Mm-hmm. So we'll make pittsburgh the 4 seed. Of course the 5 seed looks to be locked up. That's going to be the chargers with that 10 and 3 record but right. probably not going to catch kansas city in the west. So we're going to make the chargers the 5 seed and for now we've got four 7 and 6 teams tied for one spot left in the AFC playoffs. They are baltimore 7 and 6, Indianapolis 7 and 6, Miami 7 and 6 and Tennessee 7 and 6. Okay. So the way we break that tie is we first ask are there are there multiple teams from the same division in that tiebreaker? And the answer is yes, Indianapolis and Tennessee are both 7 and 6 and they're both in the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. So the way it works is we first have to eliminate one of those two teams. We, we, we apply a two-team tiebreaker to Indianapolis and Tennessee, which Indianapolis has because they beat them the first time around, okay. and they haven't played them the second time. Last game of the year, Indianapolis Ooh. at Tennessee. How about that? Okay. So we then we eliminate Tennessee for the time being. We compare Baltimore, Indianapolis, and Miami – Indianapolis would then drop out because Miami and Baltimore have a better record against the AFC. So that would knock Indianapolis out. And Baltimore knocks Miami out through common opponents. So, Jason Hamilton, here's how we sit in the AFC. If the season ended today, which it doesn't, and it's stupid to even talk about mm-hmm. round one matchups, Baltimore at Houston, that's six versus three. And the Chargers at the Steelers, five versus four. That's the way we stand, but it's a right. wild up-in-the-air picture in the AFC, and still anything, anything can happen over the last three weeks. So that's, that's the AFC picture from Mr. Postseason. Are you ready for the NFC? I
2: am, okay. and, and more excited. More excited.
0: Why are you more excited?
2: because the Seahawks are in the NFC, that's why.
0: I could have guessed that. Let's start yeah, with the I, NFC East. Can we make the Dallas Cowboys the winners of the NFC East? Is everybody okay we, with that?
2: Begrudgingly, we can. Yeah.
0: All right. So that's 8 and 5. The Cowboys are 8 and 5. Washington 6 and 7, Philadelphia 6 and 7. We'll toss those two teams for the for the time being in the wild card pool, but just barely. Chicago's win over the Rams. Big 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 on Sunday night. The Bears get to 9-4, and four, and of course the Vikings lost to the Seahawks, so that means the Vikings are 6-6-1, six, six and one, which also means that they have a two-and-a-half game lead over the Vikings for the North. And you know that those two teams play the last week of the season in Minnesota. But it looks like now that game won't mean anything, at least to the Bears, to win the division. Because in baseball terms, the Bears with a two-and-a-half game lead with three games to play... They have a magic number of one, Jahan. Does that make sense right. to you? Yeah, it does. One Bears victory or one more Vikings loss, and the North is won by the Bears. Mm-hmm. So we'll throw mm-hmm. the Vikings at six six and one into the wild card mix. The Saints are eleven and two. We'll throw Carolina at six and seven into the wild card mix from the NFC South, and the Rams are eleven and two. And of course, Seattle's in the mix at eight and five into the NFC wild card picture. So. Here's the NFC playoff picture if the season ended today. The Saints have regained possession of number one seed because the Rams lost. They have the same record, but... They went on the tiebreak. The Saints went on the tiebreak because they beat the Rams by 10 in New Orleans earlier in the season. So Correct. those two teams are 11-2. and two. Before we leave you, let's look at their last three games and figure out who's going to be the top seed the saints win the tiebreaker but the rams have the eagles cardinals and niners as their three oh. the saints have the panthers twice and the steelers in the middle so you oh that's interesting and, so you'd probably make the rams the favorite to still be the number 1 seed in the NFC but that's not the case as of today now mm-hmm. Chicago at 9-4 and four has won the North if the season ended today. will make them the 3-C because the Cowboys are 8-5. and five. Now, before we leave that, because this is important to who the Seahawks might play in the first round of the playoffs. Some people want them to play in Chicago. You want them to play in Dallas. I do. You fear the Bears.
2: I don't fear the Bears. I do not fear the Bears. Okay, you don't I fear do. the Bears. I don't fear the Bears, but I did see what they did defensively, at least to, to Goff and the Rams in their last outings. So that that gives me pause about the offense. I'd much rather play Dallas in Dallas with an unpredictable, you know, who knows where Ezekiel Elliott's going to be, who knows where Dak uh, Prescott's going to be. I'd rather play Dallas in Dallas.
0: Okay, well, at this point it looks like the Seahawks are cruising to the fifth seed, the number one wild card in the NFC. We're going to get there in a second. So that mm-hmm. would mean if you want them to play Dallas, you want the Bears to finish ahead of the Dallas Cowboys as divisional winners. Correct. Okay. For those that want the vice versa, want Chicago to host Seattle, then they would be rooting for the Cowboys to have a better record than the Bears. Does that make sense so far? Okay. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. want to know the Bears have a one-game lead over the Cowboys – the Bears winners of the North, Cowboys winners of the East as of today. You want to know who wins the tiebreaker between the two. So, let's assume Dallas wins out. And to win out, they would beat the Colts, the Bucks, and the Giants. Okay. That would okay. get them, that would get them to 11 and 5. If the Bears lose one of their last 3, they would finish 11 and 5. So, who do you want to win the tiebreaker between the Bears and the Cowboys?
2: Well, as I told you, I want Seattle to play Dallas. Right, so, right. I, I, uh, yeah, I want the Bears to finish third.
0: Okay, so you want the Bears to win the tiebreaker between yeah. if they both finish at 11 and 5, let's just say. Okay? Yep. And that's Dallas winning out and Chicago winning two of three.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: They have not played one another if they both finish 11 and 5, so that's null and void. Yep. They both would be nine and three in the conference. That's the second tiebreaker. Right. The third tiebreaker is common opponents, minimum four. They would have the exact same record in common opponents at eleven and five. Yeah. We would get all the way down to strength of victory. Hmm. Currently, the Bears have a four thirty-nine strength of victory. That's essentially the aggregate records of all their victims, their nine victims. Yep. The Cowboys have a 452 strength Ooh. of victory. But remember, all of that is going to change, not only based on the teams that they beat on the way in, but all the teams they've beaten in the past will win and lose games, right? Sure. So that's going to change. So the the, the 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 answer to the question as to who wins the tiebreak between Chicago and Dallas is a, defi- not determined. a definitive I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> Perfect. I ah. love that, and Mr. that seasons. There you go. I mean, you, no one has any idea. We have to wait and to see how the teams that right. they be. Okay, you got that. All right, I so got S- it. Seattle at eight and five is the five seed right now. Minnesota at six six and one is the six seed right now, and Carolina six and seven, Philadelphia six and seven, Washington six and seven are all chasing Minnesota a half game behind for that for that last playoff spot. They are no longer really essentially chasing the Seahawks. Unless the Seahawks were to go completely in the tank, lose all three, and two of those teams were to get really hot and get to eight, or get to nine, rather. They'd have to get to nine to beat an 8-8 and Seahawks. The Seahawks are going to win just about every tiebreaker in the book, except for a tiebreaker against the Bears, which they now don't have to worry about. And what I'm about to do, which is peel the onion. I'm going to peel the onion Uh like it's never been peeled before. So, Uh before I do that, let's tell you what the matchups would be if the season ended today, which it doesn't, and it's stupid to even talk about. Okay? Mm -hmm. In the first round, Minnesota, the sixth seed, would face the Chicago Bears in Chicago, Mm -hmm. divisional rival again in the first round. And the Seattle Seahawks would go to Dallas per the request of Jason Hamilton. (laughs) In the first <laughs> round of the NFC playoffs. Yeah. The Saints and Rams would have the bye. Saints would be one and Rams would be two. Okay? Mm-hmm. Are we clear up to now? I think so. Any questions up to now? Because I got, I'm now going to talk to you about the Seahawks in particular, but I want to make sure I field all questions. Have I been clear with everything in the AFC and NFC up to now?
2: No, I think you've made it quite clear about what you know. There's still games to be had, and still, obviously, the season does not end today. So there's there's a, there's a couple of things that are still left. But if we were if we were ending the season today, which we're not, but if we were, right, I, I'm clear. I'm clear on where it would end today. Okay. Yes.
0: So the last time you and Mr. Postseason spoke, you were disappointed that 10 and six that Mr. Postseason couldn't tell you that 10 and six was a lead Correct. pipe cinch, right? What what did Mr. Postseason tell you the percentages were at 10 and 6 the last time we spoke? Uh,
2: uh, There was a a 99.9% chance.
0: I gave you one scenario, one far-fetched 0.1 of a percent scenario where they would not get in at 10 and 6, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's over. 10 and 6 is now 100%. Mm -hmm. Not only is 10 and 6 100%, but nine and seven is nearly, nearly one hundred percent. Now when I say nearly, I I'm very technical about this. A lot of people have been reporting, people that we trust, that we love, that we know well, have been reporting via Twitter that the Seahawks now at nine and seven will definitely get in. And I'm here to tell you that they're right, but they're wrong. There are <laughs> s- what, what what I mean by that is I'm not here to tell you at nine and seven they're not going to get in. They're uh, they're going to get in at nine and seven. But it's not 100 percent until it's 100 percent. And as long as long as Mr. Postseason can come up with a scenario where a nine and seven Seahawks team, as far fetched as the scenario is, if it's possible, wouldn't you agree? If it's possible, then you can't report that a nine and seven Seahawks team definitely gets in. Is that fair or unfair? Facts. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Mm-hmm. And I am going to go ahead and tell you right now what the one scenario, the really the one scenario where a 9-7 and seven Seahawks team does not get into the playoffs. Ooh. But I'm going to tell it to you in advance, as I, as I say, it's less than a, a fraction of a percent that it could happen. But I'm still going to unpeel the onion because I'm going to show you the research. Yeah. I'm going to prove yeah. you the research. Okay. Yeah. So let's start with this. The Seahawks are eight and five, right? Mm-hmm. If they go one and two the remainder of the season, they finish nine and 7 Mm-hmm. They are eight and five. What is their current record against teams in the NFC? Do you know?
2: I I I don't I want to say it's uh what is it, six and four? No. No six. Seven and three.
0: Seven and three.
2: Seven and three.
0: Seven and three against the NFC. Mm -hmm. They've got three opponents left. One is Kansas City, an AFC team. The other two are San Francisco and Arizona, NFC teams. Mm -hmm. Okay? So there's two types of nine and seven Seahawks teams. Of course, we all think they're going to, they may finish 11 and five, they may finish 10 and six. But sure. there's two types of possible nine and seven teams. What are those two? I'm just quizzing you to keep you involved in the conversation. Mr. Postseason wants you involved in the conversation. So there are two <laughs> types.
2: They're, 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 they're eight and five right now.
0: They're eight and five. There's two mm-hmm. types of possible nine and seven Seahawks team. Mm-hmm. What are those two types? And if you don't know, well, that's okay.
2: Well, the, the, the one that wins... Against an AFC team, so you uh, split you ah uh, an AFC team with Kansas City, and then you lose the and then
0: you lose the other two, yep. Which puts you yep. at which puts you at seven and five in the conference,
2: right? And nine and seven overall, right? Which you lost to Kansas City, an AFC team.
0: No, no, you beat Kansas City. You beat you, you beat
2: you right. you beat Kansas City. You beat Kansas City. You lost the two two NFC. So teams. that
0: puts you at seven and five in the conference. Correct. The other type of nine and seven team is a team that wins one of the two NFC team games and loses the other NFC game and the Kansas City game. Right? Right. And that right. nine and seven team finishes what in the conference?
2: Right. Well, they were seven and three, so they would be eight and four.
0: Eight and four. And yeah. that's where the situation lies. If they win one game against an NFC team, their eight and four would be mm-hmm. unbeatable. By any team that's chasing them for a wild card spot. Uh huh. Okay, that would be 100. Okay. If the, if their one win is against Kansas City, it leaves the door open. But let me tell you how how open it leaves the door.
2: <laughs> how improbable that
0: improbable is. Oh uh, yes, it leaves okay. the, It's such a fraction that the door is open that it appears to be closed. You're looking at the okay. door from the distance, and you're saying that door's closed, but no, it's not. It's actually kinda, kinda tiny, 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 tiny bit open. Here is the one scenario where a nine and seven Seahawks team does not make the playoffs. They beat oh they beat Kansas City. Mm-hmm. They lose to Arizona and San Francisco. They finish nine and seven and seven and five in the conference. Got it. Minnesota wins out to finish nine six and one, a half game ahead of the Seattle Seahawks, right? Yeah. Washington Mark Sanchez wins out, so the Vikings and the Redskins win out. That puts the Redskins at nine and seven. And seven and five in the conference. Okay. They would have the same record. They would not play against one another head to head. They would have the same record in the conference. Their common opponent's record would both be four and one. We're talking about Seattle and Washington for the final Washington. spot, right? Mm-hmm. And it would come down to strength of victory. It would come down to strength of victory. Right now, the Seahawks' strength of victory is 385. Right now, Washington's strength of victory would be 417. But here's the kicker. Even, Even if the Vikings go undefeated and the Redskins go undefeated and the Seahawks lose two and their one win is against Kansas City, all of that has to happen. It's still not for sure because... Let me ask you a question. If you've been listening, you're going to get this right. Uh-oh. The one win for the Seahawks would be against Kansas City in this scenario, right? Mm-hmm. What does that do? Does that help their strength of victory or hurt their strength of victory?
2: It, it helps.
0: And their two losses were to be against whom in this scenario?
2: Two NFC opponents.
0: The 49ers and the Cardinals would gain victories over the Seahawks. And the Seahawks have already beaten both. So what would that do for the Seahawks' strength of victory if we add another win to the 49ers and the Cardinals? Improve. Improve. So even in this scenario, there's a chance by beating the Chiefs and losing to the 49ers and the Cardinals in the weirdest perverted way, their strength of victory will go up because of the – the record of the Chiefs that they'll beat, and the yeah. record of the 49ers and Cardinals will get better, and those are two of the teams that they have beaten in the past, so their Jeez. strength of victory goes up again. So there's still a chance that they could actually leapfrog Washington in strength of victory, even in this far-fetched scenario. So I'm here to tell you that a 9-7 and Seahawks team has a 99.99 chance of making the postseason,
2: <laughs> I don't think that's happening. I don't think that those scenarios that you threw out—the wild, far-fetched scenarios—while it's still in play right. and while Mister Postseason is right. doing his due diligence,
0: right? I don't see that happening. It's not happening. A. Washington's not going undefeated. B. No. Minnesota's not going undefeated. No. C. Seattle's not winning only one of their last three and D they're not winning only against Kansas City and losing right. to the two scums of the earth okay right. It's not right. happening but Mr. postseason felt an obligation to prove to you that there actually is a scenario where a nine and seven Seahawks team does not make mm-hmm. the postseason okay mm-hmm. all right I like that you like that that guy's that you, guy's thorough you got it. I mean, you got it. I did it, I did it all for you. And then the eight and eights, we'll get to the eight and eights on another day, but the Seahawks are actually better than fifty percent at eight and eight to make the playoffs. Even if they lost all three, I would give them better than a fifty percent chance to sneak into the playoffs at eight and eight. Believe it or not, that's how (laughs) solid their position is in the NFC. All right. There's your Mr. Postseason. I just want to end with one last note from Mr. Postseason because I find this this to be super, super fascinating. We talked about it in the patron-only show the other day. Mm -hmm. I have never seen in all my years, along with Mr. Playoff, my twin brother's years, Mm -hmm. of watching this, a year where the Seahawks – or any other team had so many things fall right for them over a several week period. Sure. It is absolutely inconceivable that one team would ever have this much good fortune from other results around the league because normally when you when you are asking other teams to do work for you, you're asking lesser teams to beat better teams and it just doesn't happen. And right, right. and I just want to tell you Mr. Hamilton, and everybody else that's listening to Mitch Unfiltered, that there have been nine results in the last two weeks. Every one of them has gone the Seahawks' way. (laughs) Last week, the Falcons needed to lose at home to Baltimore. Last week, the Packers needed to lose at home to Arizona. Last week Carolina needed to lose at home to Tampa. Last week the Vikings needed to lose at, uh, on the road at New England. Last week the Redskins needed to lose at Philadelphia. Last week or this week the Panthers needed to lose in Cleveland. This week the Redskins needed to lose in New York. This week the Eagles needed to lose in Dallas. And just for the cherry on top It was helpful that the Bears beat the Rams on Sunday night football. Nine for nine. Nine for nine. And if you calculate the percentages, the chances, that all nine of those events would work to the Seahawks' favor, you come up with an approximate odds of 0.1%. Four percent. The chances of all nine of those things falling the Seahawks' way, all nine of them, was one tenth of one percentage point, and it happened.
2: I mean, that's really ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you think about that, that doesn't make any sense at all. I'm not but y- lying
0: to you here. I'm not lying. No, I know. I
2: know you're not (laughs) lying. The results are the results. I'm just saying, like, the the fact that that actually came to be after Mr. Postseason has been talking about, you know, what needs to happen. Literally, I, I think there was a small result, one small result in there that we talked about two weeks ago. Uh, I want to say it was the Bears. Bears Giants. Bears, Giants. Bears Giants. That's right. It was Bears Giants. Other than that. Which went to OT. Right. Yeah.
0: Yep. Essentially, every, almost, ev- not almost, every Every other result has gone yeah, the Seahawks way. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. the most improbable. It's like, it's the most improbable statistical NFL combination that you'll ever run into. It'll, you'll never see it. As a Seahawk fan, you'll never get the help. Just remember 2018. When you're cheering for the Seahawks in 2030, God willing, 2035, you just remember 2018. There will never, ever, ever be another year where the Seahawks get more help and more good fortune from other games around them over a two-week period than what happened in 2018. I'm out of it. That's all I got for you for episode number six. Episode number six is now in the books. How'd you feel about episode number six? I loved it. You did? I loved it. All right.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big Seahawks win. I loved it. Mister Postseason came through. Talked about some uh, miscellaneous items. It was, it was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was, it was all of the things that it needs to be.
0: Can't wait for episode number seven. Our thanks to our sponsors one more time: Daniel's Broiler, Zeke's Pizza, and of course Jaguar Land Rover of Bellevue.